Well, hey, Chip. Oh, hey. Hey, what's up, man? Welcome back. Well, day three. Day three. We're on a three-day streak, actually. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. We are doing good. All right. Hey, if you're still with us on day three, great job. You can do this. You can do it. You we, can do if it. we can do it, you can do it. That's right. That's All right. right. So today, day three, we're going to do Genesis 8, 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. So yesterday, we read about Cain and Abel, and then right where we are in the story is the flood. Oh, yeah. So the flood has covered the earth for 150 days. Long time. So going into Genesis chapter 8. Okay. We read in verse 8, uh, the flood's receding. So God... God remembered Noah, but God remembered Noah and all the wild animals. So just not Noah, but the wild animals and the livestock that was with him in the boat. He sent a wind to blow across the earth, and the flood waters began to recede. The underground waters stopped flowing, and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the flood waters gradually receded from the earth. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. Two and a half months later, as the waters continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the, until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and it could find dry ground. But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the floodwaters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove back again. This time, it did not come back. Well, Noah was now... 601, 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up from the earth. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat and saw that the surface of the ground was drying. Two more months went by, and at last, the earth, it was dry. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, his sons, and their wives, they left the boat. And all of the large and small animals and the birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as burnt offerings the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day, and night. Chapter 9, God confirms his covenant. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, and he told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, have fun at it. <laughs> all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I've placed them in your power. I've given them to you for food. 
just as I have given you grain and vegetables. But you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Well, then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your descendants and with all the animals that were on the boat with you. The birds, the livestock, all the wild animals, every living creature on the earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I'm giving you a sign of my covenant with you and with all living creatures for all generations to come. I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is the sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. When I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will, will appear in the clouds, and I will remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant that I am confirming with all creatures on earth. Noah's sons. The sons of Noah who came out of the boat with their father were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham is the father of Canaan. From these three sons of Noah came all the people who now populate the earth. It's kind of cool. Hmm. After the flood, Noah began to cultivate the ground, and he planted a vineyard. One day he drank some wine he had made and became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw that his father was naked and went outside and told his brothers. Then Shem and Japheth took a robe and held it over their shoulders and backed into the tent to cover their father. As they did this, they looked the other way so they would not see him naked. Well, when, when, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, when Noah woke up from his stupor, he learned what Ham, his youngest son, had, had done. Then he cursed Canaan, the son of Ham, saying, May Canaan be cursed! May he be the lowest of servants to his relatives. Then Noah said, May the Lord, the God of Shem, be blessed, and may Canaan be his servant. May God expand the territory of Japheth. May Japheth share the prosperity of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Noah lived another 350 years after the great flood. He lived 950 years, and then he died. Hmm. Chapter 10, Genesis chapter 10. This is the account of the families of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. This is going to be great. Yeah, the three sons of Noah. Many children were born to them after the great flood. The descendants of Japheth. The descendants of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras. The descendants of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togarmah. The descendants of Javan were Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Rodanim. Their descendants became the seafaring peoples that spread out to various lands, each identified by its own language, clan, and national identity. Next up, we have the descendants of Ham. The descendants of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. 
the descendants of Cush were Seba, Havila, Sapta, Rama, and Sapteca. The descendants of Rama were Sheba and Dedan. Cush was also the ancestor of Nimrod, who was the first heroic warrior on the earth. Nimrod, woohoo! <laughs> Since he was the greatest hunter in the world, his name became proverbial. People would say, This man is like Nimrod, the greatest hunter in the world. <laughs> He built his kingdom in the land of Babylonia uh -oh. with the cities of Babylon. Eric, that's not you. Oh. <laughs> Eric, Akkad, and Kalne. From there, he expanded his territory to Assyria, building the cities of Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Kela, and Rezen, the great city located between Nineveh and Kela. Mizraim was the ancestor of the Ludites. Anamites, Lehabites, Naphtuhites, Pathrusites, Kaluhites, and the Kaphtorites, from whom the Philistines came. Canaan's oldest son was Sidon, the ancestor of the Sidonians. Canaan was also the ancestor of the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Samarites, and Hamathites. The Canaanite clans eventually spread out, and the territory of Canaan extended from Sidon in the north to Gerar and Gaza in the south, and east as far as Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim near Lasha. These were the descendants of Ham, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. Man. Ooh. A lot of those descendants of Ham do not have good things coming to them. No way. <laughs> not at all. Descendants of Shem. Mm -hmm. Sons were also born to Shem, the older brother of Japheth. Shem was the ancestor of all the descendants of Eber. The descendants of Shem were Elam, Asher, Arphaxad, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash. Arphaxad was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Eber had two sons. The first was named Peleg, which means division, for during his lifetime, the people of the world were divided into different language groups. His brother was named Joktan. Joktan was the ancestor of Almodad, Sheleph, Hazarmaveth, Jera, Hadaram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were descendants of Joktan. The territory they occupied extended from Misha all the way to Sephar in the eastern mountains. These were the descendants of Shem, identified by clan, language, territory, and national identity. These are the clans that descended from Noah's sons, arranged by nation according to their lines of descent. All the nations of the earth descended from these clans after the great flood. That's right. Genesis chapter 11, the tower of Babel. At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. 
But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower and the pe- that the people were building. Mm-hmm. Look, he said, the people are united and they speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. Oh, in that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world and they stopped building the city. Uh, that did it, right? Uh, that is why the city was called Babel. Because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. In this way, he scattered them all over the world. The line of descent from Shem to Abram. It's a good one. Mm -hmm. This is the account of Shem's family. Two years after the great flood, when Shem was was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphaxad. After the birth of Arphaxad, Shem lived another 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxad was 35 years old, he became the father of Shelah. After the birth of Shelah, Arphaxad lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah was 30 years old, he became the father of Eber. After the birth of Eber, Shelah lived another 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber, love that name, Eber was 34 years old, he became the father of Peleg. After the birth of Peleg, Eber lived another 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg was 30 years old, he became the father of Reu. After the birth of Reu, Peleg lived another 209 years old, near years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and had other sons and daughters. Yeah, and when Reu was 32 years old, he became the father of Sarug. After the birth of Sarug, Reu lived another... 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Serug was 30 years old, he became the father of Nahor. After the birth of Nahor, Serug lived another 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor was 29 years old, he became the father of Terah. After the birth of Terah, Nahor lived another 119 years. And guess what? He had other sons and daughters. After Terah was 70 years old, he became the father of Abram. Nahor, and Haran. The family of Terah. This is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth, while his father Terah was still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister Izcah were daughters of Nahor's brother Haran. But Sarah was unable to become pregnant, and she had no children. One day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, this was his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed to the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. Okay. Wow. Man. We just covered a lot of history. That was a busy day. That was a lot of history. A lot of stuff going on My there. goodness. Okay, Man. so Chip, question for you. Okay. How you doing? No, so what? Yeah. So what is the question? So, so what? Um... I think for me, uh, so God's grace mm-hmm. was evident here. Yeah. So what? He wiped out the land. Mm-hmm. You know, He's just. He yep. brought judgment because of evil. That's that's what He does. Yep. 
That's what he did and does and did. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and then, um, but we see, you know, a lot of people say Old Testament, and we're going to read a lot of judgment going on yeah, here down yeah. the road. But there's grace all through the Old Testament. Oh, of course. And this is one of those situations yeah. where God was gracious to to um, uh, Noah, mm-hmm. his family, even the animals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he said he repopulated the earth with just that family. Yeah. And he did. You know, be fruitful, multiply, they did. And then that the whole rainbow thing, you know, mm-hmm. the whole rainbow, you know, and, uh, you know, we see a rainbow today and everybody always thinks about this story when they right. see the rainbow. And, and that's good because it does remind us that God is was very gracious to them and he's very gracious to us. And he provides, like he provided a sacrifice when they got off the yeah, boat. Yeah, yeah. He provided that. Um, that's probably where you might go. Sorry. No, we're good. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and he provided a sacrifice for us mm-hmm. uh, in Jesus. And yeah. the grace is all through that. So Absolutely. That's the so what. Embrace that. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I love that. And I... Um, you know, we didn't, Noah and his family didn't really do anything to deserve a permanent covenant of preserving the earth from flood, right? Like, he could have been like, okay, once you guys are dead, I may flood the earth again, but yeah, but I've chosen not to, right? That, that grace that you're talking about. But, okay, so where's Jesus? That's the question that I'm here to answer. Where's Jesus? So this is kind of a, a, a weird curve that maybe a lot of people haven't thought of before, but I see Jesus okay. in the Tower of Babel. Now, hear me out, because okay. that may be a weird thing to say. And that's where we get the Babylonians. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, the evil the Babylonians, Tower of Babel, they're, they're coming the whole later. Thing is, yeah, yeah, the whole thing is pretty dark. Yeah. But what does God say about the people speaking the same language? He says, if they continue to speak the same language, they can do anything. Hmm. And then on the day of Pentecost, right, Jesus says hmm. to the disciples when he leaves the earth he says to the disciples don't do anything until the holy spirit comes Mm. and on the day of pentecost the sign that the holy spirit had come Mm. is that all of them could speak the different languages yeah right and so if god at one point in genesis 11 says Mm. if you can speak the same languages you can do anything Mm. later on in 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 history now like way forward from all of this on the other side of the cross and the resurrection and everything yeah god says you can all speak the same languages now, and I've already told you once, that means you can do anything. And it's such an yeah. empowering thing that Christ gives his church. Yeah. That just this sign that we can do anything. Right. And you so know? back then it was for evil. Right. Now, back the new and Pentecost, it's for good because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. So I see Jesus in the Tower of Babel. Not the evil okay. and the intentions of man, but the idea that we can do anything. Yeah. We've good. been brought together for good mm-hmm. for the church. We're building something better than the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Somebody wants to say that um, Satan counterfeits what God creates. Totally. And uh, and so they used it for evil. God's going to later use it for, for yep. good. So, yep. Absolutely. Because of Jesus. Amen. All right. Hey, day three. Okay. That's we over. did it. Hey, day three. Good, good job, day. guys. All right. Hey, yeah. Good job, everyone. And we will see you back here tomorrow on day four. You can do it. Four Stick with straight. it. You got Stay this. at it. Come on. Come on. You got it. Okay. Good night. <laughs> Get some sleep. Yes, please.